Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Off the Key Podcast. I'm your host, Mac, and today I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Garrett. Boo. And G. Ames. Hello. And today we are talking about the brand new studio album from Freddie Gibbs, Indiana rapper, Soul Sold Separately. Until Alfredo dropped, I had no idea who he was. Well, yeah, Alfredo is his most commercially successful album to date, and he's riding off the coattails of that with Soul Sold Separately. So this is definitely a highly anticipated album for me. Do you think this album will surpass that in terms of, like, commercial success? No, I do think it has a lot of commercial appeal, but I do not think it will pass Alfredo in commercial success. Now, as far as critical success, I don't know about that. No. Alfredo might be a classic. We'll see. Yeah. So Freddie Gibbs is an American rapper born in Gary, Indiana, whose career began after being expelled from Ball State University and dishonorably discharged from the military after being caught smoking weed. He began working at Gary Mall, where he met local producer Finger Roll and joined the No Tamen Entertainment crew, where he began a rap career. Beginning in 2004, Gibbs would release a series of mixtapes up into the early 2010s, and during this time, he was signed to Interscope Records, where he would begin to work on his debut studio album. Now, unfortunately, he was dropped from the label in 2006. I believe the exec that signed him got fired or left, I can't remember, but they decided to drop him because of that, and he was signed to Young Jeezy's CTE World Record label. And in 2010, he released his breakout mixtape, Cold Day in Hell. It featured guest appearances from... Young Jeezy himself, 2 Chains, Juicy J, all these guys that were pretty big in the 2010s. I mean, Young Jeezy, you know, trap legend. They actually had some pretty serious beef that would culminate with Pinata, actually. Anyway, it actually earned him a spot on the 2010 XXL freshman class alongside other rappers who were huge in the 2010s from this freshman class, like J. Cole, Wiz Khalifa, J-Rock, Nipsey Hussle, Big Sean. Pretty stacked class in terms of, like, rappers who would go on to be international superstars during this time while he was at uh, Jeezy's label. He actually connected with the legendary hip-hop producer Mad Lib, goaded producer, produced some of the best rap albums of all time under his belt, Mad Villainy, J-Lib, you got his stuff as Quasimodo, goaded producer. But anyway, um, they started working on a collaborative album that would later become Pinata, and he departed from CTE in late 2012 and would self-release his debut studio album on his own indie label of the same name, ESGN, followed by his proper breakout collaborative album with Mad Lib, Pinata. It was met with universal acclaim and regarded as one of the best rap albums of 2014, as well as one of the best rap albums of the 2010s by fans and critics. A 2010s classic, in my humble opinion. I actually wanted to talk about it on the show, but this took priority because it's new, it's fresh. It's hot, but we will get to Pinata at some point and possibly Alfredo. During this time, Freddie would gain a lot more traction. I mean, he started working with high profile people like, for example, on Pinata, he got guys like Mac Miller, you know, Scarface, Raekwon, countless features to name, Danny Brown. Eventually, it led to a couple of collaborative albums with The Alchemist, as well as another project with Mad Lib called Bandana in 2019. This led to what I argue is Freddie's probably one of Freddie's best albums, but also his most commercially successful album to date, as well as the Alchemist's most commercially successful album to date, Alfredo. That came out in 2020, and Freddie has a talent for connecting with and picking the right producers to match his sound. Knowing who to work with that will accentuate your style, your sound, the things you love about music, the things you love to do, it's extremely important. It really elevates everything. 
Yeah, and one of my favorite things about Alfredo and the uh, previous work he did with the alchemist Fetty is just how soulful those albums are. One thing I think makes him such a high-quality rapper is his versatility. He's able to hop on many different styles of beats and fit snugly in place. You know, you could hear Freddie on a trap beat. You could hear him on some, you know, mainstream top 40 stuff. You could hear him on some soulful stuff or some real weird stuff like Mad Lib beats. Freddie has a very, very infectious flow. Oh, without a doubt. And that's, that's, and that's accentuated by his deep voice. That is my favorite thing about him. It's so impressively smooth. Yeah, it's extremely smooth. It's soulful in a way. On top of that, he's just got a lot of infectious charisma. You know, Freddie is a really funny guy in and out of the studio. Back when uh, Freddie Gibbs was on Instagram before his uh, pretty, pretty quick ban, he was posting some of the wildest Instagram stories and clips I've ever seen on the platform. He'll post like fight videos and stuff from Worldstar. But eventually Instagram was like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not having anything about that. So they, they banned him straight off the platform. I don't think he's banned from Twitter. His, his run on Instagram was pretty funny. Coming off of the coattails of Alfredo, there was a lot of anticipation for this album. I remember he was dropping like a string of singles here and there throughout 2021 and 2022. You know, we had like Four Things with Big Sean. That was a big one. Big Boss Rabbit, Gang Signs with Schoolboy Q. All these were great songs. And I actually thought this was leading to another album. They're just solo teaser tracks for Soul Sold Separately that aren't on the album itself. Do you think the album would have been better with them? I actually, yes. I think there was a lot of anticipation for this album as a follow-up to Alfredo. There's quite a boastful feature list. You know, you got Raekwon, you got Pusha T, Scarface is on this again, Rick Ross and Anderson Pack. I mean, even DJ Paul makes an appearance. I do think the quality of the features varies quite a bit. Two weak points for me, I think that you all would probably agree, is the the mixed quality of the features and Freddie's changing of his delivery and the style and even of his voice, it definitely misses in some Freddie has this tendency sometimes to do this cadence where he goes into a really high register with his raps. I noticed that with a few of these songs here, especially in the beginning, that Freddie is almost taking his interpretation on some top 40 sounds and flows. I think he does them pretty well for the most part. It's not really what I wanted to hear Freddie on. Yeah, too much sounds like 2010s, you know, that real lean drizzled cadence and, and style. I just got so burnt out on that sound, man. I get the criticism, but I actually really like the song because there's a lot of songs like this that were like top 40 that tried to do this style and I didn't like. But I feel like, I guess you could call it an imitation where he's trying to... Interpretation, I yeah, think, would be yeah, better. Interpretation. Yeah. I would say that this is the one that he got right. All the other ones, missed. Yeah, I was not a huge fan of the opener. Couldn't be done. Yeah, that's... That's the worst song on this on this album for me. I'm gonna disagree. Z- Zipper right bags yeah. is second, kind of more like on the forgettable side. I didn't really think, oh, this is bad, but it was like, nah, it's on the bottom. It was definitely a throwaway. I mean, at least it was like two minutes. Yeah, Zipper very, bags. It's very short. Yeah, yeah, it was short enough that I was just like, eh, this is kind of a throwaway. The Kelly Price feature was good. Yeah, lobster omelet. Now Freddie's part, banger. I yeah, thought he great. slayed that. Yeah, but uh, Rick Ross, sloppy. He sounded he sounded like he was just cashing a check. There's the imperfection from Freddie. Like I was talking about earlier, that kind of gravy that's on it. And then there's the imperfection from Ross where it's it's uninspired. There's no passion in it. There's not too much to complain about from Freddie on the album as a whole. This album suffers from a lack of thematic focus. 
There's definitely ideas. There's that motif with the whole like soul sold separately hotel thing. You know, he's getting all his buddies together and you get those silly cameos from like Joe Rogan and Kevin Durant and Jay- well, Jay-Z was one, wasn't yeah, he? Jay-Z yeah, Jay-Z was one of them. They're, they're going to go party at this hotel. Like I, I like that it's tied together by that thematic idea. There isn't as much thematic depth as there is on albums like Alfredo, Pinata, Bandana. In the later half of the album, Dark Hearted, you know, Grandma stuff, he starts getting very emotional. Yeah. I don't have a problem with Freddie not going, you know, big into concepts. Because, you know, on Bandana, it was about his life and relationships. He's really in his feels on that whole album. And, you know, that's always kind of been the narrative with Freddie is, you know, talking about his life, coming from cocaine, dealing drugs, and dealing with his personal life, his family, and his time as a rapper. That's always kind of been the crux of Freddie's lyrical content, you know, the highs and the lows of it. But it just doesn't feel as hard-hitting on this album. The second half of this album hits way harder. So what do you think the turning point is? Is it at Feel No Pain? I'd say Space Rabbit. Space Rabbit? Yeah, okay. I think I think the first chunk of this album, the first third, it really suffers. But Space Rabbit is where I think we start to get that more soulful, relatable, and honest Freddie get from Alfredo, from Bandana. Some styles for him are better than others. If somebody enjoyed it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, I wouldn't put it past them. But you guys keep in mind that is this giant clickbait. This is the worst Freddie Gibbs album in five years, all caps, with an angry face and like fire in the background. It's I mean, it's a it's solid still overall project. very good. You know, we sound harsh, but the second like two thirds, I think it's fantastic. Feel no pain. I think it's the best song here. Anderson Park, he elevates just about everything he's in. It's a high standard that you come to expect, and that's kind of where a lot of this criticism from this album comes from, is because. Freddie Gibbs has set set such an incredibly high standard for himself over the last like decade. Yeah, I mean, over since 2014, he has consistently put out fantastic albums. I mean, there's been weaker ones. Like, I didn't really care for You Only Live Twice. Freddie Tape was kind of meh, but other than that, nonstop bangers. Pinata, Shadow of a Doubt, Bandana, Betty, Alfredo. He's been on a pretty insane run for the past decade. I'd say second weakest. I think it, You Only Live Twice was weaker. Second weakest album in a almost 10-year stretch is pretty impressive. It's a solid project. I do want to get into some praise because there are great tracks here. Feel No Pain. The Raekwon feature, I swear that guy cannot screw up a feature. He's just going to keep going and going until he dies. He, he will not fall off. I love that Raekwon is still putting out fire verses this late into his career. I mean, Wu-Tang is way past his prime at this point. Well, Raekwon, every time I see him on a feature list, I'm like, yes, please. I know he's going to bring it. And same with Pusha T. I I thought Gold Rings was also a big contender for best song in the album. Honestly, I like the PYS with With DJ Paul. Paul. We we literally just talked about 3-6 last week. Yeah, not to mention the 3-6 Mafia. It was a A sample sample from their first mixtape. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of funny how that came around because we we talked about three six last week and how much I like DJ Paul as a producer. It honestly sounded a lot like Mystic Styles. Yeah, it's it sounded like three six. That like PYS was a big, big, big banger for me. Being from Indiana, he actually has a lot of that Southern grit in his voice. Oh, completely agreed. It's kind of it is kind of funny coming from someone from Gary, which is basically it's basically a suburb of Chicago. You could argue, but Gary Natives might be upset about that. I like this album. I do not love it. I'm a big Freddie Gibbs fan. I've been following him since Pinata. 
And I've just been so impressed with the consistency and the high quality of his work. It is solidly in his discography. You know, it's a decent notch on the belt. Max said, this is an album. (laughs) This is music. (laughs) This is a Freddie Gibbs album. It's got a lot of commercial appeal, especially the first half. And if this album does pop off for Freddie, I wouldn't be shocked. So much quality on this album, but somehow it still just feels a little shallow. I agree for the most part. I wouldn't say that it's entirely shallow. There are parts of it that do get emotional, but... It doesn't have that edge on it. Yeah. For me, I was, most of the time while I was listening to it, I was paying attention mostly to the actual music, the talent, the technicalities, I guess you could say, like the production, the beat styles, the... The musical styles, the musical choices, the flows, that's what I was really paying attention to. And that's, ever since you first introduced me to Freddie, that's what I go to him for, is just that incredibly smooth flow. 100%. You know, the production is great. There's a lot of great sounding beats here. There's a lot of different styles. And there is some sense of thematic coherence, you know, with the whole hotel motif. It's like almost there. It's so close. So anyway, do you guys want to get in your final thoughts? In a technical sense, this album is very, very good. Everything is extremely well put together. The production is very tight, very clean. Freddy's flows, he does not disappoint. He doesn't let us down at all. Pretty consistent with everything else I've ever heard from him. At least half of the features are excellent especially Anderson Pack. I would say that this is still a very solid rap album. I want to give it an 8. It's good overall, but it doesn't really it doesn't really do anything. It's not sharpened enough to really put it over the top. We expect a little bit more from him, but I I walked away pretty satisfied. I think I'm going to go 7 and a half. I have been kind of bashing this album the whole podcast, but I do think it's good. I think it's pretty good. You know, overall, I think Soul Sold Separately is a solid output from Freddie Gibbs, but certainly not a standout in the wider scope of his discography or even rap projects that have come out this year. There is a decent bunch of tracks here, and I actually think this is one of his most accessible records to date, but it does not live up to the thematic depth of his previous albums. Regardless, Freddie's sharp wit immaculate flows and infectious charisma still make this an enjoyable listen with only a few weak moments in the runtime there aren't that many bad songs here uh, but there are enough for me to not put this album in the upper echelon of freddy's catalog this is yet another solid addition to his consistent run of great albums and certainly worth checking out if you're craving some pop rap with a little more soul and and wit so i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten With that being said, any final thoughts, guys? Nah, man. Alrighty. Well, this is Off the Key Podcast, and we're out of here. Thanks, guys.
Hey everybody, Mac here, and I just wanted to give a shout out to LaCrembo for the intro and outro music. Also, check out our link tree for where to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook and a variety of streaming platforms. And if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later.